little did we know that Sunday, as the rain came down and the floodwaters began to rise, that we would be talking about this for not months, but years afterward. Uh, The devastation in communities, in homes, neighborhoods, on farms. Certainly we've talked about that here on The Farming Show. And, And welcome back. To you, uh, to the farming show. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. As we move further away from the actual emergency, and, and certainly, you know, that's not to diminish the people who are still without homes, still struggling. Some folks still don't even know what they're going to do, where they're going to end up. So I, I don't want to diminish that at all. But as we move uh, further away from that actual time of emergency with that that flood and then the the follow-up flood and the scares in between and and what was going on in Canada and was water going to come back and and then all the initial cleanup just to get some roads open and things again now we start to have the bigger picture come into view about what's really going on with our river our river system here in the Nooksack Basin. It's something that we've been talking about a lot here on the show. Certainly, I've been talking a lot about in my work with Whatcom Family Farmers and Save Family Farming. Joining us right now is Whatcom Family Farmers Executive Director Fred Lickle. Um, Fred, it seems like two opposite things, but really they're all connected because so much in the last couple of years we've talked about not having enough water in the summer in the Nooksack River and its tributaries. And the concerns that folks have over that and the wrong-headed idea of pursuing a court-led, big lawyer, big dollar, multi-decade, battle it out, spend millions of dollars, quote-unquote, solution that doesn't fix anything for this issue of water in the river. Now, we see a situation where there was far, far too much water in the river, not just for humans and all the devastation that caused, but even for fish and all the devastation it caused to fish and fish runs and eggs and all of that. How does how would you explain how this all fits together, seemingly two opposite ends of the spectrum? Well, thanks for having me, Dylan. And well, you just asked a question that could probably take about six hours to <laughs> explain, but yeah. we'll keep it true. We, it, we'll keep well, it there close. are a lot of people really upset right now, and rightly and they so, be. yes. because what's going on with this river, the system, the management of it, and it's connected. And, the, and then I could say the farmers who live along the river and have dealt with flooding and drainage issues could see this coming, right? Mm. We, we've been fortunate in ways that we haven't been hit with one of those heavy rain events. And now it's occurred and it ended up having more devastation than what many had predicted, in part because we haven't been taking care of our system. We, we, we just mm. haven't. And yeah, how ironic is it that over the last couple of years, as you said, we've sat on this program and a lot of our work with Whatcom Family Farmers talking about there isn't enough water in the system, many like to claim, um, and that this is going to therefore, we have to worry about restricting people's water. Mm-hmm. And what we've been saying all along, and this proves is we do not have a water supply issue. We have a water management issue. There's enough water, obviously, Absolutely. in the system it's where and when we have the water. That is absolutely correct. And and this just absolutely shows it 100%. Uh, 
Um, you, you know, I don't think most folks realize uh, out there that the Nooksack River is one of the few places where there aren't storage systems upstream to help control that water. So, for instance, in the Skagit, we have been hearing uh, a bit anecdotally, but I, there's supposedly some pretty good data out there, but where the flooding would have been 40% worse had they not had the dams further up that were storing water. The, so um, the, the Skagit flooding was significantly lessened, is what you're saying, by their water storage yes, reservoirs. We've been told that the town of Mount Vernon would have been pretty well inundated had it been had there had not been storage there. Um, so they held extra water behind those dams up on the Skagit River. Yes, in and Lake um, what, Ross Lake, Diablo, Diablo Baker Lake, yeah. uh, the Gorge. I believe it's Gorge Dam as well. You know, there. Now, is it important that we keep in mind what's going on with salmon and fisheries? Absolutely. We have been ones that have been, you know, at the forefront of talking about that, and we think it's very important. Well, and a flood um, like this is bad for fish. It's bad for fish. You betcha. And 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 fish do need certain things that we can't that we have to be careful that we don't have a problem with. Um, you know, taking out too much gravel out of the river can cause us problems for those salmon. I don't think folks realize that the salmon need the gravel. They need places to hide as well. But that doesn't really speak to what we're dealing with with the issue here. I mean, there was a number of salmon in September that died in the South Fork. Uh, a few thousand is my understanding. It was devastating um, for, for those who've been dealing with salmon recovery, in part because there wasn't enough water there. So why aren't we talking about finding ways to hold that water higher upstream uh, finding other ways to store that water so we can release it later. Can you imagine how much that would have helped us? It yeah. means that there was water going everywhere. It could have been huge. Well, you mentioned sediment, and I want to talk about gravel in the river. Sure. Because um, I know that you've been plugged into flood management stuff uh, here locally at the county level for some time. So you have some insight, at least, into what those folks have been talking about and working on for years leading up to this. Correct. But before that, we're talking about water storage. And this is what we have said in talking about this water uh, alleged scarcity concern that people have in responding to that, saying, look, as we've said in the past, we have a water uh, management issue, not a water supply issue. This flood has so deeply underscored that in a tragic way. But it's shown that we can with water storage, aka water retention facilities, reservoirs, whatever you want to call them, actually save that water and make it less damaging when we have times like we had in November. Absolutely. Yeah. Minimize the problems there and then save that to have it to release when the flows are low and help then. So it, it helps on both sides. Yes, absolutely. And and this is the kind of thing that it has been frustrating that you see Frequently, extremists, uh, uh, they hate the, the D word, the word damn, mm -hmm. um, because it implies... And not the profanity. Yes, and not the profanity. Okay. <laughs> D-A-M. Uh, because it implies... Uh, 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 Moving away from a natural system, mm -hmm. and and to be and, fair, it could there, be a fish barrier. Is yes, the big there have been times when it has been done, you know, done poorly, and there have been problems with fish. And there's probably places where, you know, dams can be removed and could be potentially more beneficial. Um, but here we're talking about. Let's take a look at some win-wins further upstream, beyond where most, if not all, the salmon habitat is, and finding places to store this. 
Uh, it just it, it makes so much sense, and we really need to move past these absolutes yeah. um, that, that there are folks that have that, that say we will not look at water storage at all because it's not natural. Guess what? We have a system that's not as natural anymore, and we're dealing with climate change, which is causing an accelerated problem um, in dealing with this. We have to find ways to deal with this, or we will see... Uh, continued problems with salmon habitat in the summer and more flooding in the in the winter. Uh, we have to we have to look at how we can fix this. And if folks, you know, any of their opposition to this has to do with environment and fish, what we're talking about here on both sides, as far as managing floods and increasing stream flows in those dry parts of the summer, both of those things are positives for the environment yes why not create a win-win scenario here? it's so and i've been saying this a lot lately it seems like i said it uh earlier as well the perfect becomes the enemy of the good because if you put in a water retention facility you may take out some spawning habitat for some specific run on a tributary of a tributary of the nooksack river potentially yeah and that could mean that a x amount of fish you know, and that there may be some ways to help around that, you know, with various technology that's been developed. But well, they, they, it may cause a small, small amount of harm here to save how many countless thousands of tens of thousands, hundreds, over the years, millions of fish potentially, if there's enough water in the stream so that the water doesn't get too warm, they have places to spawn in the bigger parts. Are we letting that perfect, well, we don't want to ever cause any problem anywhere, actually put us in a position where we're causing way more harm than what we're supposedly trying to prevent in not letting this reservoir issue be even a a conversation? Right. Not to mention the damage to our communities. You're just talking about the salmon. Yeah. The untold millions that we are seeing in damage to our our communities. Um, But... It also brings up a bigger a bigger point um, mm. that we talked about that's related to that adjudication, that lawsuit that we were talking about, that that enemy becoming the perfect, uh, sorry. The, the perfect <laughs> becoming. Perfect the, becoming the enemy yes, is the good. Yeah. Um, the challenge we also have with legal, because uh, you know there are multiple examples, including one I can think specifically of, of a farmer who was pumping water out of the river in the summer and said to the Department of Ecology, hey, I know, why don't I have it that when these floodwaters come, he had uh, several old, large dairy manure lagoons that he could pump water into. He said, why don't I... And they had been cleaned out, right? Yes, they'd been if cleaned I recall out, the story. But, they were, but they were perfectly okay. Why don't I take that water that's coming in in the flood time, storm water maybe from, from a city or even water that's in these fields, and put it in my lagoons so I don't have to pump it out in the summer when mm-hmm. I could be taking water away from fish? And the answer was, that's not your water. You can't do that. Okay, so now they're saying it's 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 not legally your water, so therefore you don't have access to it. Well, I imagine there's a lot of people out there right now who would say, please take your water out of my house, out of my field. Uh, Can you imagine the amount of water? I mean, it was measured in CFS, right? That's the big number that's Correct. talked about. Cubic feet per second. Cubic foot is what, like seven and a half yeah, gallons a, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, something like that. You were talking millions of gallons going down the river every minute. Yes, thundering down in, the river. In, in the middle of this flood. I mean, all... How long would it take to supply the entire needs of not only farming, cities, everybody, 
and keep enough water in the bottom of that much drier stream in the summer of all that water. I would love for some, we need to have somebody do the math and figure that out because if I remember right, I think a farmer did that and it was, it was in minutes would, would have, yeah. so at the, in at a the few minutes, supplied all the even a half hour, water. all the water that went by would be enough for yeah. a whole summer. Exactly. And yet it's all just going right on out and actually causing a lot of harm to humans uh, and to animals and yeah. to the salmon themselves, if that's what we're yeah. really worried about. It is It is something that you can tell that gets me a little riled up yeah. because it is one of those frustrating things that you just, you cannot imagine why we cannot come up with some win-win solutions here. Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show. Fred Lickle is with me. He's executive director of Whatcom Family Farmers. We're talking about the flood and the aftermath and what this means for the environment, for managing water as a system here in the Nooksack Basin where we live and why County and how the low flows that people are concerned about in summertime that has led to this big, you know, potential court battle uh, called water rights adjudication that we've been talking about, how that's actually connected to what happened with the flood and how a flood could be managed, how our system is not being managed right now the way that it should be. Fred we got to talk about sediment, gravel in the river. Oh, the G word. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people have been using the D word. Oh, you, yes, you, the D word. you mentioned a, a different D word earlier, dams. Yes. That, that, that's a big, scary word that's generally a non-starter. The other D word that we've been hearing so much lately is dredge. We Correct. need to dredge the river. And a lot of people saying, that's the answer. Well, a couple of things, if I'm not correct, that's maybe not the right term to use because it means maybe something different than what they're thinking. And well, it may need to be considered. It's not necessarily the whole solution. You know, that's that's absolutely correct. It, it dredging would be something that would it help? Yes. Would it would it help everything? No. There, we've I've, I've been involved in this for a number of years, and I've I've seen enough to know that. It would be a help, and it mm -hmm. certainly feels good, but it can inadvertently cause you problems elsewhere, um, and it's not necessarily the answer. But that doesn't mean that we should be against sediment management at all, because there's Again, a the different perfect way of looking at yeah. it. Um, you, you know, you look at that river, and it, it, it anybody who's gone down it or been along the sides of it, there are these tremendously huge bars of gravel that are that are slowly working their way down the system. Since we haven't done anything with harvesting those over the last thirty years, it's really starting to build up. Um, there's places so where that's that, not that is, dredging the way you're talking no. about. You're saying dredging that would be actually scooping out in the middle of the river channel, right. where the, even where there's water in the summer. No, we're talking about overall. Why not harvesting some of these bars and getting some of this gravel out of there? So when when you say that eh, dredging, you know, maybe part of the solution, but could cause unintended problems. That's what you're referring to. You're not referring to this sediment removal of the banks, which is you're saying much more significant as far as impact. It, it certainly has the potential. Now, that does that not mean that we have to work with um, folks on uh, that are very big salmon advocates and learning and understanding how to make places where the salmon can be, that it's not going to, we're not you know, being detrimental to it. But even they will admit um, that a gravel bar that's six feet high is not helping, you know, when it's six feet out of the water <laughs> or more, yeah. isn't helping salmon. Um, so what can we do? But the challenges to that are so great. And that is where we're going to need to look at how we can big, bring public pressure to bear because on multiple occasions, 
Um, starting with a small pilot project that we had worked out 10 years ago, that there are very quick no, 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 no's from yeah. various government and tribal agencies. I remember um, there was another small pilot project just a couple of years ago that we ended up talking about on the, uh, on the show that was approved and added into a, an ORCA bill that was, tor- you know, politically for political reasons, torpedoed all the way at the governor's office. And that was just to study the problem. Can't even study Governor, it. Governor Inslee wouldn't <laughs> even allow us to study it uh, in this situation. Situation, he he line item vetoed it so it just it creates a lot of tension for some folks when you start talking about that and that's why we, we need to start looking at common sense solutions you know it, we, we let far too often are allowing extremes to yeah to to run the show here and create problems and w- there are multiple tools in our toolbox i mean we've just touched on uh, you know a couple of them there water storage and then also um you know sediment management that could help us will it right. completely alleviate a flood no it would not alleviate but i'll tell you what for those who had or lessen it that's yeah what i'm <laughs> interested in there could be a lot it could have been a lot less damage than what there was if we could start working on managing our system that's what i i think is right about what you're talking about with extremes you know and it's not a black and white situation all this way or all that way and there's these false dichotomies that have been created either we protect salmon or we you know do sediment removal on the river how about we do both and, and let's have a conversation. Let's pursue it to see, okay, if you're concerned about salmon, we aren't just going to say, no, you can never harvest any sediment off the river. You can't take any gravel off the gravel bars ever. We're going to say, okay, how can we do this in a way that's wise, measured, common sense, that minimizes impact, and we can have both. Exactly. This just seems to not compute with people. And then I would uh, caution folks on the other side, too, who just say, I don't care about anything. Go on there and, you know, dredge the whole thing. Well, obviously, politically, that's not going to happen here. And really, what are the costs there as well? And that's where I think it's good that you point out the difference between dredging and sediment removal. Some people say, well, that's splitting hairs or it's semantics. No, No, it's not. not. Those are two very different things. And I wish some of the people who again, I think are very rightly upset, outraged, passionate about this, but are beating that dredge drum would get a little bit more plugged in on this and understand the difference in what we're really talking about here so we can get some political pressure behind something that will actually A, make a big difference, and B, has you know an idea that has legs. Yes, and those extreme positions are what end up bogging the system down, and then you end up fighting over an extreme position and nothing happens. Or instead we say, well, we have to study it first. <laughs> Why not yeah. do some pilot projects on either one of those two things? Well, th- study, study their effects rather than studying what you think might be their effects. And let's take a look at what they can do to create, to, to help and not harm. Um, we need to yeah. do something. We need to move past just sitting there talking about it and move to action. Yeah, we've been studying it. ourselves to death. Oh, and, and, and and a lot of people feel that. there's That's what a lot of the outrage is about around this particular issue. Um, and you've even voiced that, I understand, to say, hey, guys, um, let's get, get moving on this. We, we do. And, and I would say there's some encouraging signs. Um Governor Inslee came out with a bill, and I, and it was only said in one spot, so I'd like to follow up and see the bill, which hasn't actually come out, but that they, they're going to cite several million dollars for storage um, for storage projects because we need to, to be doing exactly what yep. we're talking about, releasing holding water in the winter and releasing it more in the yep. summer. 
Um, now I have to see some of the details on that before I would say, uh, you know, a hearty yay, but yeah. that's a, you know, it's encouraging to see that it's, it's encouraging to see signs because there were, there have been times when that was an absolute no. Um, and you can talk to the folks in the Chehalis who were flooded out, you know, probably, what was that? Seven or eight? Oh, no. Oh, six, I oh, believe. Oh, seven, I think it was. Yes. Yeah, that could be. Um, that they've been fighting that fight for Long time. 15 years or more now, and they still haven't gotten there despite some pretty overwhelming support in a lot of areas. But, again, you have extremists. Well, I'd say band, let's band together with those folks down there. Let's get here in Whatcom. We're angry about it. Down there they are. Let's continue to... Um, make our voices heard in Olympia and beyond. We're out of time for right now. Fred Lickle with Whatcom Family Farmers Executive Director. Um, thanks for your time here on the show, and thanks for the years that you've put in going to these meetings, tracking what our, our local governments and leaders are doing, uh, and in some cases aren't doing, on these issues um, so we can have a, a better insight into to what we should be supporting and what we should be opposing. Thank you, Dylan.